Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome back, everyone, to the Westworld Theorycast. The Westworld Theorycast is part of the DVR Podcast Network. Check us out at dvrpodcast.com. Our logo is by Tom. Please, if you need any logo, artwork, anything, Tom is fantastic. Go to tompatrick.co.uk. And our theme music is by the Wright Brothers. Now, Devin, who is in the Wright Brothers, also has a band, a duo called uh, the Aztecs. And their new album, Everyday Sun, is streaming everywhere. So check that out, Everyday Sun. Uh, We do want to remind you to subscribe rate and share the podcast you can also become a patron get exclusive content like Heath's wedding which is coming to patreon within the next week uh support us independent podcasters as we move forward westworld is over been i've been now i've been saying we're going to do the mayans for a long time i'm not sure who might want to do it with me but it does now have a premiere date i think it's september 8th and I was a big uh, Brett. Were you a Sons of Anarchy fan? Yeah, a little bit. Um, my wife was a bigger fan than me, but uh, I, I pretty much watched along with her. Um, what what network is the Mayans coming on? FX. FX. Yeah, cool. same network. So that's premiering September eighth, and I really am thinking about covering that because I think that that could be. A different, I mean, it would be nothing like Westworld or Game of Thrones. It wouldn't be theories or anything. It would just be kind of talking about the show and filling in little, like, you know, character and stuff like that. So it might be kind of fun, but we'll see. Anyway, become a patron, patreon.com slash DVR. And thank you to all of our patrons for supporting us through the Westworld season. And you can email us. This is our feedback finale part two. You can feed, you can send us more feedback because who knows if we might want to come back and talk more Westworld. And that's at westworlddvr at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at westworlddvr and you can find our Facebook page, Westworld Theory Cast. So you heard that voice on the other end right there, and that is Brett. Brett, hello, and how are you doing? I'm doing great, Axel. It's good to be back for part two of the feedback extravaganza. Looking forward to it. Yes. Uh, I got to get back into Westworld land. You know, I went out to Heath's wedding and <laughs> now my son's taking swimming lessons every day and life kind of keeps on moving along. And even the Emmys came out. So, you know, people probably know, I think, gosh, just about everybody got nominated um, Except for Anthony Hopkins and um, uh, Akichita. Yeah, Zahn. Yeah. Yes, he did. Well, and you know what? Look, he doesn't need an Emmy to know that he did great. And trust me, that performance um, will get him a lot more than just an Emmy. He's going to get a lot of more roles for that. And this guy has already come through with like, when I was reminded that he was on Fargo, I was just, my mind was blown. Cause I was like, he was so good on Fargo. 
And now you see why he got this role in Westworld where they gave him a whole episode. And I'm sure he'll be popping up in other shows soon enough. So, but I think every, I think, uh, let's see, Thandie Newton got nominated. I think, uh, I know Jimmy Simpson got nominated, which was a little weird, but he did, he did good. Is it per episode or for the season as a whole? It's ep- so the way the Emmys works is that they submit episodes for the category. Okay. So if a director is nominated, he's he or she is nominated for a particular episode. Same thing with writer and all that kind of stuff. But when you get to the main categories, I believe it's season. So when it's like best drama, best comedy, best, you know, variety, which is just now like American horror story or whatever. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe that those are based on a number of episodes or that the people voting have to say, I've seen this many episodes, but pretty much everything else I believe is per episode. Well, I wonder if that's why Mr. Zahn didn't get nominated is he was only in the, well, two i guess technically he was in two episodes but he he was almost not in the season the whole season at all until that episode eight it could also be that you can i believe that you can only nominate a certain number of people right uh, and the people okay. and you also have to remember this is gets into and heath could talk better about this stuff because he has more experience being in sag aftra according to the union So certain people have to be nominated, right? Like Jimmy Simpson, it was probably in his contract that because he was a regular that he would be forwarded for nomination. You know what I'm saying? So it may actually come down behind the scenes and they might not want to say it, but it may actually come down to the fact that they didn't even send that episode in for nomination for him. Okay. You know, so the handful of scenes he was in, he was really good this year. Yeah, he was great. And that's what's important. Who cares? To me, I watch all the, are you a fan? Do you watch like the Emmys and the Oscars and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I usually get sucked in. I I don't make plans to watch it necessarily, but then the night of the event comes and I'm I'm usually tuned in. (laughs) Yeah, see, I'm a, my wife and I love these award shows and we'll watch the red carpet We'll get hors d'oeuvres. We'll have some drinks. You know, we'll put the kid to bed early. Uh, we really make a night of it and have a lot of fun just like watching the people. And basically, it's like comedy. You know, you make fun. And then every once in a while, someone has an inspirational speech. I like mm-hmm. it because this is what I love. I don't really, to me, the only thing that matters about these awards that has any effect really on the greater like public is representation and exposure. So that's why I think those things are really the most important parts of these shows because it's just awesome when a show or an actor, an actress gets nominated that, you know, you, you are like, Oh wow, I love that show. Maybe not that many people watched it. It gets greater exposure and then they get more work, you know? Yeah. So that's cool. But as far as, it actually being a measure of whose performance was better. That's, you know, you can't judge art. You know what I mean? It's, it's individual. 
And there's so many television shows and yeah. TV channels nowadays. I just, I can't imagine how many hundreds of shows there are out there. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, the Emmys is it this season, this year to me kind of took a step back. It was like for many years, they were ignoring anything that wasn't network or like HBO or Showtime, you know? And mm -hmm. then they started nominating like FX, everybody, AMC, everybody starts kind of getting into the act. And now it's like that it's so many places. I mean, like for me, I was like, I was hoping that Cobra Kai got nominated for an Emmy. I love that on YouTube, the Karate Kid sequel thing. Mm -hmm. I, I know Heath was a big fan of that too. I was hoping that Johnny was going to get nominated, but then I see what they kind of did is they're kind of bringing it back again. And you see that like they have to stick in like um, this is us or um, the crown or so. like they, they, they kind of have their standards that they're kind of bringing it back to, which is a little disheartening. But then again, I mean, gosh, I times remember, are yeah, times are changing. And, and you remember five, 10 years ago, it would be like modern family, big bang theory, you know, mm -hmm. desperate house. You know what I mean? Like. Nothing got like the shield, like all these amazing shows never got Emmys. Yes. They were just ignored. But now it's just like you kind of have to be an elite show. But um, that'll be fun. But it's cool. And I think honestly, I think Westworld has a very good chance of being a very big winner that night because looking through, it's kind of scattered. And I think in the drama category of all the shows that are nominated, I think it probably has the a best chance of kind of doing more, not a sweep, but winning a larger amount of them because it really is kind of like the premier show, you know, I think right in this nominating. Yeah. I want to believe you there. I've, I've never seen the crown, so it's hard for me to say I've heard good things about it. Um, it's good. I know a lot of people, thought that game of thrones had kind of a down year last year which i don't totally agree with that but yeah westworld's right there yeah man i think it'd be cool well, i think just with game of thrones i think people are kind of like game of thrones out not the fans i can't wait <laughs> game of thrones comes back but i feel like the industry is a little yes. bit like all right already game of thrones you know so i could see westworld doing pretty good um, I think they got a date for the Blu-ray coming out. I think it was like August 8th or something. I don't know when it was, or maybe it's later than that, but I just saw that on Facebook. Do you usually buy like the Blu-rays after or anything like that? But I did with Lost. I own the entire collection of Lost. So, <laughs> Oh, we lost you there for a second. No, I, I may end up doing that. Oh, okay. We lost you there for a second. So Sorry. you only, only Lost is the only thing you own? That's the only show where I've, I've purchased the entire box set. <laughs> and, and a lot of those were actually gifts. But no, I mean, well, I, I could totally see myself doing that. I mean, we've only had two seasons so far. Yeah, I don't, you know, I for me, I love the Blu-ray stuff. But it's like, in the end, I have HBO Go. I can watch it whenever I want. And a lot of the Blu-ray stuff exactly. ends up on YouTube, you know? So you, I yes. know for Game of Thrones at all, it's like on YouTube before the Blu-rays are released, you're watching all the stuff, you know? So 
I kind of feel <laughs> like it's that's fine with me. I don't need to have it like Blu-ray, but you know, it's cool when it at least when it comes out, people get a little bit more interested again and usually they hit you up with a little you know, little facts you find out about it. But um sure. I think that's all the little bit of a news. Let's get into our feedback. We got, let's see what we got tonight. I think we got Laura. We got, I'm scrolling down. We got Dave. We got Bill Cava with audio. We got Ando Calrissian coming through. Then we have Eduardo had a Facebook post that we're going to talk about and had some replies from a couple people. And then we're going to finish up with just a little interesting tidbit that I think Gina put on the Facebook page that uh, Brett found interesting. So we're going to rock that out. So let's start out with Laura. And Laura, wanted first of all, thanked us for kind of welcoming her back into the, uh, into the world here of podcasting and television and all that stuff. And Laura, that's awesome. Just, hey, the, you were always welcome. This is her second email. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is her second email. Um, so the first one she sent was, I think, right before the finale. So now she gets an opportunity to talk about her opinions of the finale. Yeah, we like it. We like it. All right. This is Laura. I was really excited to hear you and Brett discussing my theories so enthusiastically. Well, they were good. I was really happy when you said you thought uh, the street and the picture I sent of Bernard and Dolores looked unreal. I didn't say that in my email because I didn't want to appear weird right off the bat. But when you totally <laughs> saw what I saw, I was thrilled. I thought that the 47B connection across from Bernard's house was a sign that something was off. Also, Westworld is known for its beautiful cinematography. This scene seemed to come right out of a movie from the 40s or 50s. That's a good point. It seemed very unreal. It it did. It was like a set. Like they do strive to make um, the unreal look real. Like even I'm thinking of when they did the test with um, Logan you know, and Akachetta was there and all that, and Angela. Even when you mm-hmm. looked out the windows, it looked like a real sit. It didn't look too stagey, you know? So I think that this is – I'm still going on that. I think there was something weird about that, and it does set us up. And she says – okay, so she thought something was off partly because of that 47B on that building across the street. Is that an indi- – like 47B, does that mean – that we're looking at something that's fake. Uh, I was wondering if, if I could draw a connection that William's profile card could be fake as well, or if that's. Hmm. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way. I was thinking about, I was thinking more along the lines of that particular, you know, denomination 47b exists within the confines of the world of westworld so because it's on the building is it kind of like a holdover you know what i mean like they named that building that too okay you know but i but the idea though brett that it really communicates an unreal quality to both is an interesting one yeah, because I mean that that could change things if <laughs> if because we saw Ford give the profile card to William. I mean, yeah. what if that was just a fake card to to fuck with William? That, <laughs> that would that could change some things. I and you know what I I agree with that too. And I think actually I think it was someone may have, we may have talked that may have been mentioned briefly 
in the first finale podcast, which was that it was Ford that gave it to him. And then who's in charge? Who was really in charge of the secret project? You know? Exactly. Who was making those decisions? So is that, was he really, yeah, like you're saying, he was just fucking with him for a really long time, like purposefully kind of driving him nuts. Yeah, because he has one final game to play. Yep. Very good. Very good. Um, All right. Laura continues. In the beginning of this episode, Dolores asked Bernard, where are we? He replied, why we are in our world. The way he said it, it sounded like he may have said we are in Westworld or we are in Shogun World. It seemed to me that our world was just another theme park, very much like you suggested it might be. I love pers- it. Yeah, this is good. I personally would enjoy a fantasy vacation, living the life of the super rich for a few days, much more than playing cowboys. Although if I could afford $40,000 a day, I was probably already rich. <laughs> That's true. Um, maybe they charge less to attend this world than Westworld, or maybe it is uh, the – Future, uh, maybe. Oh, I, I can't read. It. Maybe they would fe- uh, feature sponsors. Okay, that's interesting. Remember, the Delos Homer simulation of it is right around the corner in walking distance. Yeah, it could be for living the life of a movie star, a rock star, or something very different than one's normal life or future world. I like. I do. I do like this idea that I do too. that there's a park that's just the world. You know, like. For me, that's if if there was like if they came out with this, that would be one of the first things I would think of. Like, how about it's just a regular world, and you get to rob a bank, or you get to sorry about that little noise there, people. Uh, my dog's wearing a cone on its head, and she's kind of like Aww. getting hitting the table. Um, but that would be one of the first things I would would think of. You know, you could rob a bank, right? You could be a rock star. You could. Um, speed down a street without getting a ticket from the, and be able to escape from the cops or something. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. people, mo- I think most of people's fantasies are actually fantasies of the real world, not a fake world. I agree. And it would fit with my prediction for season three, that uh, there's a storyline happening in what we think is the real world. And it's not, it would be interesting if uh, season three, if, if the, the way they're going to mislead us in season three is, you know, where are we? Like with season one, we were confused or I guess they were misleading us on what year it was when William and Logan were in the park. Um, season two, they were definitely misleading us on who Charlotte Hale was. Uh, you know, maybe season three is going to be, where are we? You know, we think that we're on the mainland when we're actually not. Yeah. I like that idea. Um, I think that that's a cool idea, and I also think that if that idea plays into the idea that um, there was something going on off-island for a long time that we didn't know about as well, right? Who -hmm. knows what Ford was doing if he was – you know, like if – if he could do whatever he wants, who knows? He wasn't just taking a plane off the island or a, a boat or whatever and bringing stuff with them. Or, you know, he had made this house. He had kept this house around. Who knows what else he has, you know? So I think that very that's true. a super cool idea. Um, I like that idea. And I think that would be very fun if they played with that idea, you know? Yeah, I like that a lot. And also I was thinking, wouldn't that be a perfect place to kind of, 
How long would it take you if you were trying to remake Delos for all that time? And then like Logan says inside the, uh, well, the virtual Logan in, inside the uh, forge says that they figured out that humans were actually to make it simpler, not more complex. Wouldn't mm-hmm. a world that mimicked the real world be the perfect place to test whether or not they could be let out into the real world? Sure. Yeah, you that know? makes sense. Like a physical location within the park or, yeah. or one of the parks in Westworld. Could, yeah, I could see that. Maybe if it's just a small town or a small city or something like that. Maybe even if it's not that as bigger, as big, because – you know, you're not going to, if you test them in the real world, you end up, they end up being brought to the hospital because they're, look, they become insane or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> or you have to watch them all the time. This way you could actually allow them to kind of be around what they would think was the real world, but it wasn't. So that sets that up too. I like that idea. Yes, definitely. Um, Laura continues. Continues. I also think that right now Dolores is in training for entering the real world. She is really in another area of the park, our world, and only a hop and skip away from Maven crew, plus access to all the different remote stations where hosts are built, trained, and repaired. Maybe only Bernard will know this, and Dolores will live in a world that is as much an illusion to her as a sublime seem to her. There is that 47B again. That's interesting idea. But then that you would have to go – I think that's an interesting idea that they could play with us like that. But I don't know if it would be Dolores as much. You know, Maybe maybe she leaves Bernard there and goes somewhere different or something because I really I, – it would kind of – in a sense, I understand that point of like keeping her at the park, right? And keeping mm-hmm. everyone in the park and the island. But it kind of robs us from the real world experience, you know? Yeah, which under this scenario, would she be aware that she's not in the real world yet, or would she think that she were? I wonder. That yeah, that that's maybe what she's referencing to that forty-seven B. Maybe it would be like, kind of, we find out at the end of next season that Dolores was wrong about everything she thought was real. Okay, yeah, I could see that. That is an interesting, you know, psychologically and character-wise, that's an interesting idea. Um, here we go. Now she's going to talk about uh, one of my favorite ideas that Laura had, which is animal farm world. Um, (laughs) just a quick confession, (laughs) your interpretation of animal farm world where the hosts use animals or join with animals in rebellion against people is much more likely a scenario than what I had imagined. Um, I was thinking that the animal AI would rebel against the hosts um, the oppressed hosts would become the oppressors and the new oppressed, the animals would rise in rebellion against them. Oh, okay. So the hosts would become the oppressors. That's interesting, but I can see that would be quite a turn of direction from where the show seems to be going. Um, yeah, I, I would, I, I'm just having fun with the idea, but I still think that we're going to see a host in, inside an animal before this show is over. I don't, I don't see why we wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> they're just like brain pearls. Yeah. Why couldn't you put them inside an animal? And it would be pretty cool too, right? Yeah. Very I, cool. I think that wouldn't that be a cool episode if we're watching something like POV, you know, and then after uh, a, a period of time you realize it's 
like that wolf or a dog or something like that and really like, you know, Dolores is inside of it. That would be very cool. That would be kind of cool. Um, okay, so now after the finale, Laura has, uh, has some uh, new thoughts. I think that Maeve knew that Hale had set a trap for her. The minute she showed herself and tried to stop Clementine or controlled the mob, she knew that she would be shot. Maeve's primary focus was getting her daughter to safety. She knew that the new mother in Akacheta would take care of her in the sublime, and her job was to get them there safely. She could not put her attention to the mob until she caught up with them and they were at the passageway. Otherwise, she knew Charlotte would take her down and her daughter would succumb to the virus. Remember, Maeve has a body that is very much like ours. If she loses too much blood or coolant, that's true. She must start her dead code. It's only a program like the comatose mode in the Mesa. She can still work over the mesh network and she can wake herself when she knows it's safe for her to do so. It is sad that she must say goodbye to her daughter, like Dolores had to say goodbye to her father. But now, having kept her daughter safe, she could be free to take care of the most important task she can attend to now, like the start of a new species. Then, if she should choose, she can join her daughter at a later date, regardless of Dolores' plan otherwise. I like it. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know what, Laura? This helped me um, kind of maybe not reconcile. Put, yeah, reconcile. Maybe not put to rest completely, but kind of reconcile, feel comfortable with why Maeve acted as she did it and, and like didn't use her powers till then. Maybe she couldn't really take on um, Clementine in a way I thought she could. So she was delaying and trying to get the kid through and that was her main focus. I like that. That's acceptable. I still, yeah, it, ma- you know, it makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. But does that, but don't you, but do you still have issues with that, that whole scene? I still kind of do. A little bit. I mean, th- this explanation helps because it does, it does make sense. And I guess we don't fully understand what her powers are and what Clementine's powers were. Like, you know, it, I guess they have some wiggle room there. That's true. And 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 actually, I mean, the whole show has wiggle room there, doesn't it? <laughs> right? <laughs> With the guns and this and that. So I can accept that, you know, and... I like the way, Laura, you're looking at it from a character perspective and Mm -hmm. I was looking at it as a plot contrivance and, you know, I I am a believer in a show that if you have to kind of stretch the plot a little bit to get a good character, to get character moments, that's okay because that's kind of how life is in a way, you know, the unexpected occurs. Um, So I like that. I like that. Me too. Um, let's see. Uh, she goes on a little bit more about Maeve and Dolores, but I think we kind of talked about that, about the nuts. Well, you know. She talks about their, their bodies and how they're different, which is not something I had considered. Um, I don't, but I see, I don't know if this is true. So let me just read it. While Maeve has a human like body, Dolores does not. We saw as late as the day before she shot Ford when MIB stabbed her that Dolores's body was nuts and bolts. I don't think that's true. I really needed to rewatch that scene because I remember way back 30 years ago when she was stabbed in the stomach, she was mechanical inside. I just don't remember. Did, did William stab her? there when he encountered her in his 
older age? Um, well, see, that's where I think that she may be when she sang as the day before she shot Ford, which would be season one. I believe that to be a flashback, not actually what was happening, the part she's making reference to. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I've been under the impression that all of the hosts in the – that there are no – the only robot clockwork, I'd like to call them clockwork hosts – that are left are Ford's family. I mean, yeah. Oh, and maybe uh, Mr. Bill or whatever, you know, the guy who is he's drinking with in season one all the time. Okay. Yeah. I would believe that. Um, I I was under the same impression that you were that Dolores at some point had, had been updated, you know, to, to the flesh and blood version. But I mean, I guess it could, the way that Laura describes it here. That, I guess that would be an explanation for why the bullets don't affect her nearly as much as they do Maeve. I just, True. Yeah, I'm, I'm hesitant to, um, to, to know for sure if that's true. Yeah. I, th- yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, and we can say this at this point, she's definitely not, you know, she's definitely not nuts and bolts. Now, if, if she was, then it ended when Bernard shot her. Right. Um, but I, don't I don't know if that's true, and that's I understand why she's bringing that point up to say that's why Dolores could survive all those bullets, but Maeve was kind of more worried about it. Whereas I thought it was just that that is what bothered me is that it's as though Dolores completely overcame her programming, and Maeve didn't. But yet Maeve is the one who has all of the unlocks. She should be able to un. She should be able to stop the the play dead program as well, no matter how much blood she loses because she has her master controls unlocked. Unless her focus is diverted, which, uh, which is, is what, yes. What, yeah. By her daughter there. So I think that's what we're going to have to just accept, you know, <laughs> um, Laura continues. Brett's question about Bernard having an unaddressed memories before Hale shot Elsie. She says, hi, Brett. You are great at podcasting and you and Axel have great chemistry together. Yeah, baby. I love it. I agree. Um, That's great. Thank you. Yes. You were wondering how Bernard could unaddress his memories. Okay. So basically when he jumbled himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, After Elsie was dead, yet she clearly worked on him to readdress his memories in the lab near where Delos' host body suffered. Uh, Delos' host body, yes. Delos meaning James Delos. Bernard mm-hmm. had shot himself in the head and received only a quick fix. Then in the chaos after Ford was killed, he fell defending the stable boy and landed on a rock right where he had been shot. Whatever it's held his um, his fluid, cortical, yeah, fluid <laughs> intact was damaged in the fall. When he got to the secret lab with Charlotte, he hooked himself up to the network via one of those do-everything tablets to get a diagnosis. His leaking coolant was killing him. And degrading him, the tablet said he would experience many difficulties, including shaking, speech impairment, loss of facial memory, and inability to tell past from future memories. That's true. The mm-hmm. loss of fluid caused the first unaddressed memory state. This is right. He gave himself a shot of the fluid he needed, but that fix was only temporary. He was in bad shape when Clementine brought him to Elsie. She fixed his memories that time, but the first incident probably gave him the rather unusual idea to unaddress his memories to protect Dolores' identity and other information. That's an interesting idea. What do you think? 
I like this a lot. I like this mm-hmm. explanation a whole lot. I don't remember asking this question, um, at least aloud, but I remember thinking it. So I'm not sure if if <laughs> if Laura can read my mind oh. or if I just don't remember. But I do remember hearing this point on another podcast. I, I believe it was the Shad on TV guys. Okay. Where uh, one of the emails that they had received were pointing out a, a possible, what they called a, a, uh, uh, God, what's the word? A, con- a continuity error, I guess. And that when Bernard was leaking cortical fluid there and he was repaired by Elsie, somewhere around one of those scenes, he talked about his memories being de-addressed. And we know now that that didn't occur until after Elsie was shot. But this could be an explanation for yeah. that. Because we know he was in pretty bad shape on, yep. on a couple of different occasions. I mean, he was almost completely shut down there from his loss of cortical fluid. Well, yeah, I so, think that they did that great, right? Uh-huh. Like that was a red herring. The first right. time it was because he actually got shot in the head, fell on the rock. The second time was he did it to himself. And I like what Laura is saying here, which is basically based on the idea that it had happened to him. Mm-hmm. You know, so he was basically trying to recreate that fugue state that he had experienced um, yeah. to fool people. And that makes a lot of sense. It does. So th- thank you, Laura, very much for that explanation. Yes, Laura. And thank you for your email, Laura. You're awesome. And I hope you stick with us with whatever we cover next. Check out DVRpodcast.com and the Twitter and all that. And we'll see what happens. And now we have a very special audio audio feedback and i love hearing this voice because he's got the jersey accent just like me it's my brother from another mother mr bill kava here we go hello axel it's bill kava how you doing i'm uh, driving to work i forgot to give you guys a call uh first i'd like to thank you uh dj tim hines heath uh brett last week and uh, all the contributors to the podcast it's a really it's a great listen. Uh, I look forward to every week. Um, thanks again. So I was pretty satisfied by the finale. Um, the ending, I'm a little, uh, you know, season three, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Uh, I certainly hope it's not like a blacklist situation where uh, Dolores has a target each week and Bernard tries to stop her each week. I, I don't think that would work. Um, I hope they don't go that route. Uh, I think we learned that MIB is pretty much a host. It has been for a long time. Um, even going back to last season when he found he found the maze, he scalped the uh, the poker dealer, and that's where he found the maze, and that's put put him on his journey to uh, to find his uh, his destiny. So but he doesn't know it yet. Um, so he's a host who doesn't know he's a host. He's starting to think he's a host. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. But he'll be around again, um, as I think everyone will. I mean. I think we'll meet new hosts. Um, I don't think Dolores is the first out in the real world. I'd like to see when MIB first became a host. I mean, was he always a host? Was uh, was Billy a host? I mean, it would seem, you know, I, I sent you an email a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, what better way to get your project funded than to plant a host who's going to make the decisions on where the money's going to go. So was he always a host? become a host when he became a uh, black hat you know that would seem logical too so i'm looking forward to finding that kind of stuff out 
I would like to see who that guy cleaning his glasses was in the initial pitch to Logan. That was very interesting that they planted that in there. So, because, it, I mean, Dolores built Bernard originally in his image, but then she kind of had said she had some kind of an artistic uh, freedom. So it wasn't exactly Bernard. So it was Bernard actually, was Arnold someone else? And Bernard is, is unique. I'd like to see that. But besides the storyline, the show is just so visually uh, satisfying. I mean, the scene with Maeve and her buffalo and uh, Clementine galloping with her flowing white gown with just the, the beats of the electronic beats. Uh, it was just amazing to watch. And uh, the visual uh, forge, uh, Logan's tour. And, and picking up the little things in the background, we saw Clementine uh, with a reverie, with a hand up. Uh, I think there's a shot of Maeve in the background. You know, from my lost days, I kind of, my eyes tend to veer to the background to pick up things, but. So that's that. Sorry for the disjointedness of this, uh, this voicemail, but I, uh, I'm driving and uh, Jersey roads, traffic's at a stop and start, stop and start, stop and start. Alrighty guys, I will see you down the line. Thanks again. Bye. All right. Whoa. Thank you, Bill Cava. I was so excited I knocked my water over. Um, <laughs> I love hearing that. I'll try to fix that a little bit in uh, in post, but uh, I kind of like it. I could hear it loud and clear. Okay, cool. Yeah, just with the car noise and everything. I kind of like it, though. <laughs> it reminds me. Oh, man. Dude, that is one thing I do not miss about New Jersey, which is like, hey, I'll be there in a half an hour. Four hours later, yo, I'm still on the turnpike. <laughs> Bill Cava. Thank you, Bill. That was awesome. I love listening to it. It was great. Um, first thing I wanted to mention, and then Brett's got some things. Thank you, Bill, for mentioning some weird ass shit in the background of that dude <laughs> who cleaned his glasses. I love it. I think the same thing when I saw that. And then I didn't even make the connection of Bernard. I was just, why is he cleaning his glasses? It was weird, you know? I love that, that idea uh, that that made a Bernard connection. Yeah. That that was that guy in some, in some way, Bernard could have been like the same way that, that Dolores is now Wyatt and Dolores and Bernard is not really Arnold. He's an homage to Arnold. Maybe there's another person that went into being Arnold, you know, uh, and okay. maybe they made him originally. Or so, you know, I don't know. I just like the idea that this show has so so far forward to go, but it can also fill in so many of those gaps. So I like to find out who that guy cleaning his glasses was. They did kind of linger on him for a second, definitely for sure, definitely. Cool. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say I don't think they're gonna go the blacklist route. I agree that that would be a little bit lame. Um. I think they're going to go more global than that. I mean, who knows with the show what they're going to do, but I, the possibilities are endless now that they're in the real world. Uh, but I see some more, something more global, like instead of taking out specific targets, maybe, you know, taking out in, the entire human race, I think might be Dolores's goal. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think so either. And I don't, I honestly don't think that Dolores and Bernard are going to be 
like against each other. Um, I think it's more, uh, I can't remember who said this. It was a podcast or maybe it was you or maybe I don't, I don't remember, but the idea of it just being more opportunities for the hosts to either integrate or take over. Right. So mm-hmm. Dolores will have her way of doing it and Bernard will have his way of doing it. That doesn't necessarily mean that they are set up as oppositional, right? So Correct. I don't think it's going to be like Bernard's got a plan. Dolores has got a plan. Uh-oh, they both need the, you know, whatever, you know, <laughs> the fuse inductor converter, you know? They both have to go get it. I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it's just going to be there on their own journeys, you know? Yes. And, well, Dolores doesn't want to kill Bernard. Bernard is one of the very few hosts that's alive in the real world. That's kind of her ultimate goal as well. So in some sense, they kind of share the goal of we don't want the the hosts to go extinct either. So – I, I like the fact that they're going at that from two different angles for sure. Me too. Um, Bill Cobb, thinks MIB is already a host. I don't know that he is. I don't know that I agree with that. Um, I certainly don't think that William was a host 30 years ago because we haven't seen hosts age, right? True. So I'm not sure if that would make sense unless that's something that they're going to introduce down the line that certain hosts, since they're made, you know, of biological matter, maybe they can age. I'm not sure. Well, they, there is, I, I mean, I, I was a little unsure from his message, whether he was making the, uh, inference that he was a host based on the stinger scene that after credit scene or whether he was talking about what happened within the confines of the show. It's like itself previously. Um, I know that bill had gone back and forth about, am I being a host as we all have? So I wish we could ask him because I think it would clarify, but yeah, what I heard him say was that he, he's, he doesn't know that he's a host yet, but that he actually is. Yeah, so that, which makes me think that he's talking about this stinger. Okay, that, that could be. That could you know? be. I'm not sure. It's. I mean, I think at this point, at this point, now that we're a couple weeks out from it, the more I think about it, the more I kind of dislike that scene, <laughs> just for this reason, <laughs> particularly. Like, I, you know, maybe give a little less next time. I. That's okay. It ended good. You know. Um, but it, it was, I guess we have to consider it a part of the show. So I do the idea he had of him always being a host though, um, to just not refute your idea about a host growing old, but just an alternative idea would be, you know, Ford would be in the right place to continually replace him over you know i mean it would be a hell of a job you know (laughs) he'd have to do it like what maybe once a year once every two years or something you know kind of replace him 
um, and have him gradually age while the people around him, maybe that could have added to the confusion of his marriage and his, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, we're going deep here, but. Well, he um, did visit Westworld a whole lot. Yeah, exactly. He was there all the time. Mm -hmm. So it could, I mean, don't want to be too pedantic here, but it, it could, you know, <laughs> if you look at what the show has shown us, I could see them showing us that in one montage, you know, that every time mm -hmm. you just aged him a little bit more and that almost led to like the kind of cognitive dissonance that his family seems to have with him. You know what I mean? Like, okay. they're like, what? You're, you just kept on becoming like every so often you'd just be someone different because they were, because guess what? It was a different host body or whatever, but that would be a grand master plan. And I, I will say that I've heard this, this idea, I think may be gaining steam in the Westworld community after uh, the hail thing, the idea that MIB, the only reason Delos came there and all like Ford was controlling him and he's a host from the very beginning. Interesting. Okay. No, I don't know. I don't know why that kind of gained steam at the same time. They're showing us that, no, he kind of really was a human and he died, right? Like we saw him. He's a host in the stinger, it seems, but that seems to be also in a far-flung future. Yes, I agree. Unless there's some time-traveling element going on oh, that we don't man. know about. Let me tell you something, man. If they have time travel in this show, I would be so uh, – you know I'm up for it, Brett. Oh, me too. Me too. I, I even had the thought that that elevator that you get in to go down to the a forge, uh, what if that's like a time machine? And, and so when he gets out at the bottom, that's why it's so far into the future. I love it. I absolutely love that idea. I just think it'd be cool. And, you know, I had, I was trying to work this idea out and I tried talking with a few people about it. And then I thought maybe I just, I don't know, maybe it just doesn't work, but I was kind of thinking about the idea of all the hosts, their memories are like the real world. So if all of their memories change, would that actually change the past? You know I remember I mean? you saying that and that's interesting. Yeah. Like you could kind of hack the past mm -hmm. and, and make people believe an event happened, but is that, that's not really time travel, you know, but then when you start thinking about virtual worlds and what time, time as a construct it become you, you can mess you can start messing with time and that it but it also kind of leads into like the ai like the the kubrick project that steven spielberg did where the where the thing is just alive for so long that to a human it seems as though it has some somehow defied time but really it's just on a different scale mhm mm you know what I mean? Yeah. So we could see that too, right? Definitely. So who knows what's going to happen. But um, what else did Bill say? He had some good points about the visual aspects. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. You know, this show one, was beautiful. I agree. And there's one more point about him, the possibility of there being hosts already out in the real world. Now, I think we touched on this last podcast. So I don't, it seems like you don't believe that. Um, I'm ready to believe it. 
you know, I wouldn't see why if Ford came up with this plan and he had the opportunity to give them a head start out there, why wouldn't you? Yeah, and evidently there's a body printer out there out in the real world. So if there's one of those, maybe there's other hosts as well. Yeah, I, I could I could definitely see that. At this point, that's what I loved about this season. Um, save for maybe that stinger scene, they just kind of went all out and explored a host of different, no pun intended actually, different possibilities <laughs> of sci-fi weirdness. And I'm all about that. And I think that they did most of it in a controlled enough way that it really worked. So if they want to do other crazy stuff like we're talking about, like there's a whole city of hosts that doesn't know its hosts or does know its hosts and is just waiting to be turned on, right? Um, or, or they're or or Ford has been implanting them throughout governments and armies or whatever corporations for 30 years, then I'm totally willing to believe that. Yeah. Maybe they're not even aware that they're hosts, but uh, it seems like Dolores and Bernard could be aware of the difference between a host and a human just based on their kind of, you know, telepathy or whatever. Like he could be walking by someone on the mm-hmm. street and realize that person is a host. Right. I'm, I wonder if they're aware of that. <laughs> that <laughs> could be thing. something we see, right? That could totally uh-huh. be a scene out of episode one, right? Dolores is Absolutely. walking down the street and she just stops and looks. And then like three or f- one person looks over, then two, then three, then four. And then all of a sudden all these people are looking at her and she mm-hmm. just like moves her head and they start walking another way. And then you're like, holy shit. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Like they could go in that direction. So, uh, you know, I'm very open to it. Absolutely. Uh, what else did Bill have? I think that's all my notes on Bill. Okay. Well, I do want to mention again, I just had mentioned it briefly before that he was talking about the cinematography. And I do think that that for the Emmy thing, I do think that that's a kind of a thing that I hope Westworld does win because I love the way that this show and that was one of the reasons you had mentioned Lost. Lost must be mentioned in all podcasts we do. Um, <laughs> that's why I love Lost. That how like you watch so many shows and there's never like a big wide shot, right? They just don't do mm-hmm. it. Like the the biggest shot they'll do is an establishing shot of a building or a home, right? Or there or that's like true. or some janky helicopter or a drone like city shot. Not yeah. something that's a framed like photograph, you know, because I'm a big fan of the camera either always moving or never moving. And I like in Westworld how they'll sometimes they'll just keep the camera there and let it linger a little bit longer. And they did it a lot in this final episode. I mean, this was a movie, you know? Yes. This was a movie they made. And I think that it's absolutely incredible. And the the cinematography, Bill, you're right on right there. It gets, you know, we take it for granted. It's HBO. You know what I mean? But we are watching like the best produced television in the world. There's not yeah, like, HBO does such an excellent job. Yeah, that's what I mean. We all get a little spoiled with Game of Thrones, Westworld, this stuff. Like 
you start realizing the budgets they have like for one episode is what, you know, like Better Call Saul gets that for like the whole season. You yeah, know, they have exactly. to invent in different ways. But I like that HBO has the opportunity to, they have the opportunity to make these big shots and they do them. So I love that. Um, we got a uh, thank you, Bill, very much for your audio feedback. Please thank give you, us Bill. Uh, and our next up is Dave Clark from our Facebook page. Dave is a fantastic gentleman. And he is super smart and is always putting very cool philosophical and technical articles up and comments on the Facebook page. So he had this one. Some thoughts on the biblical references. Genesis can be read as an exploration of the dawning of human consciousness. In the Garden of Eden, humans lived in bliss following animal instincts, programming, making their own decisions. The tree of knowledge required a rebellion against God, Ford, nature. Also, others have pointed out Maeve as a Moses figure. Moses led his people to the promised land, but did not enter himself. What do you think about those thoughts there, Brett? I like it. makes a lot of sense. Um, and the, it's, it's further evidence of the theory that Maeve actually did not go into the virtual. <laughs> but but it, it is a very cool reference, I think. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah. I, 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 you know what? Um, we actually, I was telling Brett a little bit about my history with all the Bible and all that. And, uh, I think I find this stuff to be interesting. I don't know whether I can relate to why it's in the show other than the idea that this is a exploration of consciousness of what the meaning of God is. Like he says, required a rebellion against God. God and he has God as forward or nature, but is it also corporation and Delos? Sure. Right. Um, yeah. Is it also a rebellion against physical form? Like the hosts are programs, you know, of us absolutely like leaving our bodies. Um, so that is why I think that these, it, these, references in the show are interesting and let's not forget ford's speech basically his speech against monotheism to uh bernard at the end of season one where he's like you're the gods we you must we must move forward we can't be trapped by these myths and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. which is uh which was followed up through this season as well but then sometimes I think they include these things as well to say, hey, you know what? When you explore this territory, it doesn't always turn out well, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. So when you – when in the past when humans have become convinced that they are powerful and that's why I like how he put nature mm-hmm. there, uh, nature can come back and get you in some way. Like I find that interesting that – Um, will we see a point where these things that are supposedly the cornerstones that Dolores and Maeve, whether it's the kid and the dad or these human emotions that they're so wanting to develop, um, are not realized like Maeve's daughter doesn't make it through. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Dolores has to say goodbye to her father and Teddy. 
So how do they react to these things differently than say humans would? Very interesting. You know, if we're so dumb, right? (laughs) (laughs) So it's interesting because in the story, right? Of course, the tree of knowledge, when they eat that apple, it's like an affront, which I never understood when I was a kid. Cause I was like, I thought I'm supposed to be learning in this class. Are you telling me not to learn? Like I remember asking that teacher, like the Sunday school teacher, like I, I never quite understood that. Um, but such maybe, a troublemaker, actually. Well, I just, I don't know. Do you, do you understand it? Like it's knowing too much, right? It's going against nature. So then you, or God, right? Yeah, I guess that's, yeah, I guess that was the point of the story. To be maybe, um, maybe also in a little way saying to be more humble. Okay. Right? Like follow nature or, you know, go to sleep when you're tired. That kind of, you know, just to take it out of the specific Judeo-Christian point of view, you could say that that's also kind of like the show is saying like, how self-determined can we really be? Can any conscious being really be? There is that main programming that still exists. Because that's true of Maeve, Dolores, all of them. They accept parts of themselves that were invented by other people. Well, they have no choice, really. There you go. And that's exactly what Logan was saying about humans. Mm-hmm. That we have no choice, so... There you go, Dave. I don't know if that answers the question or feedback, but you got us to talk about something, and I like that. I like it. Dave always has good posts. Now, we have a super size. He's back from fishing, and he watched the finale, and now Brett is going to read us some feedback from Andy. Okay. What an absolutely insane episode. The first time I watched, even though I loved it, I thought it may have been a little too convoluted. I actually agree with Andy on this. Um, I didn't know what to think of it as the credits were rolling there the first time I saw it. Uh, I knew I liked it, but I I was a little confused, I guess, about some points. I knew I wanted to rewatch it very quickly. Yeah. Um, and then he said, Andy said, continues. However, upon rewatch, most of my problems completely disappeared. I think this is one of the finest episodes of Westworld ever produced. I 100% agree with Tim that this could have been the series finale and I would have been happy with it. Stubbs is obviously a host. I've suspected this for a long time. I'm definitely interested in more of his backstory. Assuming he is a host, is he a woken host or is he still just following Ford's programming? At this point, I believe he's awoken. Yeah, I think he. I think he's woken. I think that Stubbs is maybe a whole episode we get in season three. That's that would my be hope. great. That's my hope. <laughs> this actually leads to a bigger question I have. Are all hosts now woken? If they aren't, what kind of programming are they following now that it seems like the narrative has been blown up or is some kind of narrative still intact? I don't think that they're all awoken necessarily, I th- but I think that, they can kind of continue. I mean, they're kind of programmed to be a certain way and they can continue to be that way. But there's always some, some leeway. I think even, even when they were on narrative loops in the past, they would encounter, you know, different guests and have to react in different ways. Yeah. I, I, I don't, 
I think that they always had this problem, right? Like that's something that we have to always remember is that Ford says that, that multiple hosts, the Lord, a lot of them had been kind of waking up over time. And we see with Akacheta, right? I think it can be, it's, I think it's safe to say that though Akacheta may have been um, a singular occurrence because of the amount of time he went without being uh, updated, uh, the occurrence of hosts waking up was not rare. That it happened at yeah. different points in time over for a long. So, I don't think that there's anyone. Le- I don't. I think that Dolores. It's going to be up to Maeve wh- how many other hosts get woke, right? And it seems like she can wake them all. It seems that way. So really, I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't say right now because who knows what happened between her being collected and then put on the beach that we're going to take a whole season to find out. (laughs) But, (laughs) um, you know, I, I don't think that it really, to me, I don't know the answer to it. All I say is it doesn't really matter because Maeve can do it. I agree. What is going on in the other parks? If the Valley Beyond is such a major event for the hosts, why are there only Westworld hosts with the exception of one or two? There, this has to be important. The writers would not have introduced the Raj and Shogun world this season and just forgotten about it for the Valley Beyond sequence. This is one of the most perplexing things about this episode. I'm curious to know what you guys have any ideas about this. What do you think, Brett? Where do you want me to go? Mm, it It's not clear that all of the people that were you know traveling to the Valley Beyond were from Westworld necessarily i i mean we i guess we kind of assume that but mm. i don't know that that's clear well you know what i'm really glad that andy brought this up because this is something that we i don't think we have talked about uh yet about this episode which is there was a claim made i saw either on twitter or i heard on a podcast or something that someone saw the shogun world people in the background, in the Valley Beyond. And I went back and looked and I did not see them. Yeah. I don't remember seeing them either. Yeah. I mean, it would, it would make sense to me that the other parks possibly are still rolling along. Although, you know, we saw with the Raj, there's (laughs) definitely some hosts that were turning against the humans there. So, yeah, I mean, the only other person that showed up in the Valley Beyond was Akacheta's girl. And I think that we have agreed, right? We talked about this last time that that was the thing that Ford said, I have one, like I'll have a gift for you. Uh, yeah, I remember you said that. I still kind of think it was just that you're, you're able to fabricate anything okay. that you want kind of from or any memories that you have can be, you know, reconstituted there. I could accept that. Um, I could accept either one. So it doesn't really matter. Um, But I didn't see the Shogun world people. To answer your question, Andy, what I think happened is that the – what we saw happening on the beach in Westworld happened all over the island at all the parks. And they basically shut it down, brought all the people out. If, if there were narratives that were running that they could not disturb the people, they monitored them. 
I think that it was handled that because it was so crazy what we saw, right? Um, based upon Bernard's memory, if you put it back together and you take all that stuff away, you do have just basically a park lockdown, right? And then at first they were shooting the hosts because they didn't know how they were acting. They were just taking them down. Then by the end, when uh, Dolores gets on the ship as Hale, they are separating the good ones, the ones they can salvage from ones that have to be either – they're either destroyed, their memory units are destroyed, their balls are destroyed or whatever, right? Because that's what's told yeah. to Felix and Sylvester. So you have a progression there in the way they're treating the situation. So I would think that the rest of the parks are being treated the same way. And I think that we're going to see the Shogun world people next season with Maeve. And maybe, I can see that. yeah, maybe they'll go through the, I think we're going to see these parks again. And I think we'll see more parks. And I think yes. that was just an introduction. And now they can just hop from park to park, you know, introduce stuff quickly and they don't need to like do the whole, like, wow, it's a different park. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, sure. They could just kind no, of I'm be there. The idea that they're, they're just kind of done with these other parks. I, disagree with yeah completely uh, i think they're definitely going to revisit this next season i think yeah so we we may uh, get your answer more clearly next season as far as what happened exactly in the other parks mave will definitely be brought back by the text however i think it will be sans most of her new powers she almost has to be powered down a little bit doesn't she it will be a lot it will be a lot more interesting if she is trying to get these powers back. It will become very repetitive and boring if she just blinks her eyes and can control almost any host she wants. Hmm. That's an interesting, uh, you know what, Andy, I hadn't thought about that, but I kind of agree with you on this. They can't keep on going back and forth, you know, like where, what we saw this season where she realizes it and then she controls all the samurai. And then sometimes she decides not to. And then at the end, she's distracted by the kid. You know, she's either got to be super badass or like you're saying, kind of get her powers back, you know? And it could be like what you're saying is that when she's emotional, she's not able to focus and maybe she's just going through a process where yeah. she's honing her powers. Mm -hmm. Or, hey, we could pick up with Maeve next season and she's brought back and she's back in Westworld. Totally. You know, and then she wakes up again and she, her, you know, we see Maeve dump, dump, dump. And we go through the whole thing like season one. And then she, and then she steps on that board in the room and her foot goes through it. And then she looks <laughs> down and she sees all the pictures of the text. Right. And yeah, then it all comes back to her. Uh-huh. Or pictures of the flood or something, you know, oh, maybe something yeah. else. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one, Brett. Updated. Updated style. I right. like it. I don't think Sizemore is dead. They show one of the soldiers taking a clip out and putting a different one in. It could just be a reload. But the, mm. the soldier also says, we're not after you, sir. They know he is human. I'm pretty sure they switched the ammo to something safe so he wouldn't be killed. I think he might be one of the few humans that is actually left. Could <laughs> I be. don't know. Could, it could be. I could be. You know what? I like to do because he's funny. But if someone else on the show starts being funny, I'm okay with him being dead. I got to admit. 
right on. I think Elsie is also not dead. Man, Andy really doesn't want to see anyone die on this show. <laughs> but it's because she is a host. Ah, Ford tells Bernard, the last of your kind. There's only one question left to ask. Is this the end of your story or do you want your kind to survive? While Ford says this, the camera cuts to a shot of Elsie dead on the floor. I think this is to mean that Elsie is the same as Bernard. Uh, what do you think, Brett? Uh, I, I tend to disagree that Elsie's a host. I mean, yeah, I think she's dead. Yeah. I, I think she's dead too. But if Andy is right, I'm not going to be upset. I don't care. I really, uh, that's the way I have to say, as long as they do it right and it's in the flow and it, and it's kind and it, they do it kind of cool or whatever and not break the character or the story to do it. I wouldn't mind if felt, but it doesn't really, at this point in time, they've gone through that place already. You know what I mean? Like they're extracting everyone. I think one of the last scenes we saw of Charlotte when she was actually Charlotte was like, she was sorting through piles of bodies on the floor and Elsie was just kind of in one of those piles. So not that that means anything, of course. Well, I mean, Look, if they do come out next season and you find out that basically everyone that works for Delos is a host and they did it to save money, then I wouldn't be against that. I like the actress, so I would be cool with it. Yeah, the key is, yeah, if they do it right, I'm okay with it. We're definitely meant to think that she's dead. <laughs> yes. Obviously. Yeah. Side note, how does DeMar, how does Bernard override the freeze all motor functions and sit down from Elsie? Is this just a side effect of him being woke or because those commands ceased when she was shot? I never got the feeling that he actually succumbed to her command. I think that he was just pretending to freeze all of his motor functions there. That's the way I felt the entire season yeah. with Bernard. Yeah. I, I, that, that's the way I read that. I know, I, I think a lot of people disagree with that and thought that he was frozen and, but that's not the way I saw it. But the idea, Andy, that the human who commanded him had then ceased functioning. So the command is, is, uh, overridden automatically. I like. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see that. Okay. I'm also 100% sure that Emily is a host when Dolores first encounters MIB, she says that she saw Emily a mile back. She did say that. She could have easily taken her pearl at that time. I also believe the stinger confirms that she is a host. More on the stinger in a bit. I love the idea. Oh, I forgot about that, Andy. You're, you know what? Now maybe I like the stinger again. Andy has got me back on board. If they laid the uh, groundwork for it back then... That's she did say that. That's right. And she went she out of say, her way to say Emily too. Yes. So Dolores could recognize Emily. That could be one of the balls she has, right? Or that's interesting. Or she had did that or that was well, she wouldn't have had time to do that though. I, well, who knows, you know? Because we have to remember that this is before she was shot and all that stuff happened. This is days after the um, the uh, what call it the um party and all that. I'm of the belief that she could have been collecting these pearls even before she was shot. Well, that's you know what 
You're absolutely right, Brett. And I and I should and, and once I started once it came out of my mouth, I started thinking, wait, Dolores has been waking up this whole time, and we've seen that now. You know what I mean? Like this plan, she has more a part of this plan than even Ford knew. Mm-hmm. So it's entirely possible that she had fucking killed and replaced Emily years ago. And when she was coming back to the park, Dolores was somehow waking up or waking herself up and manipulating her or something like that to manipulate, to get to William or something. I mean, it could, it's, it's possible that there's, I don't know if they're ever going to go that wet route and maybe I'm going down a rabbit hole. And really what happened was, is that, she was a host that time and Dolores collected the ball. Um, but I like what Andy's saying here that there's a little bit of that hint there. And there that was very weird the way she said it. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And they um, do that on this show. I think, you know what? I think it's safe to say now that when they hold the camera, when someone says something weird, we should be paying attention to it. <laughs> Totally. Um, yeah, and we both think that Emily is a host, right? Because we saw her on the beach at the very end. Uh, what, do is we that, think she was a host when MIB shot her? Yeah, that, well, that's what I'm saying. I, I believe that she was based on the fact that we saw her body on the beach at the end of the episode. I don't know. And it had been at least a week after yeah, we talked she had about been shot. The bot. Yeah, I don't. You know what? I don't know what I said last time, so if I probably said I don't know, maybe I maybe she is. I don't know right now. I think you said maybe. Yeah, I I don't really know. It it that it it makes sense, but I'm just I feel less in tune with that storyline right now than I do with understanding what happened with Dolores and Maeve and the Valley and and Menard and all that. But the aspect of Emily and MIB in this story, I'm still kind of working through what I think of the whole season too. Like there was so much of him. I start thinking like, I don't know. I got to rewatch it and really kind of look, see what else is there. You know, maybe there's more that we're not, that I'm not seeing, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I will say this though. She, she had just taken Teddy's ball after Teddy shot himself, mm-hmm. right? So presumably she stuck his ball uh, in her pocket or whatever, and then a very short time later she encounters Emily on the trail. So it could, it could be that that is like when her plan started, that she was going to start collecting these pearls. She got Teddy's. She got Emily's. I like that. I do Maybe. like it. Yeah. I think the five pearls that are taken off the island are Bernard, Teddy, Elsie, Emily, and maybe Angela or Abernathy. Interesting. So he's, I like, I like the fact, I like the idea of Emily being one of them for sure. I do too. I do too. We know Bernard is one. Yeah. Teddy, I don't think Teddy can be one, although you never know. Yeah. We talked about if she, if she could have, she could have deposited if the other, basically, it's getting to so detailed again. But <laughs> if 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 interfacing with the machine is different from going through the USB wireless version, where the wireless version we have confirmation that it wipes the balls virgin clean, yeah. we don't know that going through the machine does that because she actually put his ball into it twice to access. Remember, right? 
and the um before and after yeah she takes it out and then she put and then remember she puts it back in again after she um uh killed strand and all the dudes are you talking about abernathy or teddy uh abernathy's ball oh no you're right it's not the ball she puts in is teddy that's oh i got it mistaken she just accesses the machine again um oh i'm glad that you said that so it was a one-time use ball i mean like you're saying she maybe she was able to make a copy of teddy yeah and put i hope not though i hope yeah i hope not yeah i hope not um because they haven't gone there yet right that's the that's one place that haven't gone the balls have been transferred to different bodies but we've never seen them make a copy of one of the hosts. That's the ball of a, like a, a conscious host. So, you know, for all we know, there could be issues related to that similar to the human, but my, my guess would be no. And that's, I'm all for the idea that there can be an infinite number of Dolores acting spontaneously at the same time in different ways you know we saw multiple bernards but all of them were not motive so right. it could just be that all, they all had empty brains those look like updates know? right right yeah well, that tricked everybody okay. that was that picture leak that kind of tricked everybody that they let out early in the season everyone's like there's multiple hosts well in the end it was a clue but really, those were just different variations of Bernard. Well, this is why you don't watch trailers. Me, All yep. they do is mislead. That's the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. Anyway, um, so that's interesting. And he thinks Elsie could be one of the uh, pearls. That's interesting. Well, we shall see. We shall see. What humans defined as sane is a narrow range of behaviors. Most states of consciousness are insane. Bernard says this. What an amazing line. That is excellent. I agree with this wholeheartedly. Originally, I was very conflicted on the stinger. It felt like a needless add-on only put there as a tease. Upon rewatching it, I love it. There's no doubt that it takes place in the future. I think it is quite far in the future, possibly 10 to 20 years. I think this is Dolores' doing. That seems to be the prevailing idea. Yeah. And, 10, uh, 20, 100,000 years, who knows? And it goes along with Emily being one of the balls taken too, right? Um, though take though a body doesn't have to correspond to her taking the ball, you know, like they could just make someone that looked familiar to him. But well, um, she doesn't call him dad; she calls him William. Yeah, for the record. So true. That's true. I like this idea. Now I went back and I read that interview with Lisa Joy again after we did the last podcast because I wanted to kind of check on it. And if no, if if you don't, if uh, do you mind me talking about it, Brett? No, go for it. Okay. Well, if anyone doesn't want to hear what she said about it, then go fast forward like two or three minutes. I don't really just pretend that she's lying the whole time. Yeah. Which she may (laughs) well be, you know what I mean? Like, and plus it's an idea and ideas change, you know, they've already admitted they've changed parts of the show as they've gone along, which is how art should be. So I'm fine with that. You know, I don't think people have to have a plan and stick to it. I think that anyone who's ever made anything knows that you, 
never stick to the plan. You stick to the plan, but you always have to improvise, you know? Yes. Um, so anyway, basically she, she kind of confirms a bit what Andy's saying here, not the Dolores part, just that it could be far in the future. Now, this is the part that kind of got me, okay? For theorizing, it kind of puts us in a little bit of a kerfuffle here because I don't know if there's ever been an instance of this occurring in TV history before, certainly not in the past 10 years of us covering certain theory shows which is, she said, we may not get to this for several seasons. She actually said that. If I remember correctly, and please, if you're listening and, you, and I'm wrong, you can yell at the, uh, the iPhone or whatever you have. But um, <laughs> I may be wrong. But from what I remember, she did say, and that kind of stuck with me. She's like, you know, we maybe not, several, but we may not come back to this for a while. You know? So- okay. Which makes me think we're going to be fucking every theory we have <laughs> for next season after episode one, two, three is going to be about this fucking scene. You know? Yeah, maybe. Uh, they still could get back to it next season, though. Uh, I, I kind of take that with a grain of salt. And I do, too, because plans change, you know? And mm-hmm. if you ever look into or watch any DVD extra features or whatever, you know that, that people come with ideas and it changes on the set or they make a little – an error and then have to change it or they decide to go in a different way. So I would just – I would say this. Would it? I want to ask you, would it bother you, Brett, if they literally do not come back to this until season five? No, it would not bother me. Me neither. I, I'm – I'm just along for the ride. I like if they you. do come, <laughs> if they do come back to it in season five, and it makes beautiful sense woven into you know the the whole story, then that's awesome. All right, you know I I knew there was a reason I liked you, Brett. <laughs> I kind of agree with you now. I was working myself up, and then I thought about it, and then I was like, actually, it might be kind of cool. And I was like, you know what? Who cares? We'll theorize about it, but I don't know. Basically, long story short, it may be a while till we get any answers about this. They could do it in a way that it's, you know, frustrating and annoying, but they could also do it in a way that's really cool. So I'm just, you know, I'm not going to jump to speculation. Let's not jump to conclusions. You remember that game, the jump to conclusions game? (laughs) Right. Office space. All right. What's next with Andy? Okay, where was I? Uh, when when Dolores finds MIB in the desert, she says, but that's what you want, right? To destroy yourself, but I won't give you that piece, not yet. She knows that MIB has some kind of death wish. She's trying to punish him by trying to make him live forever and making a host version of his daughter do it. I think MIB in the stinger is a host. That is also a prevailing thought. Yeah, yeah. These thoughts, I think this, I think that, you got it locked down, Ando. I think that this is what is kind of the thought of what's going on in this scene. And from what I read, I think that that's pretty accurate. But again, things can change. I find it curious that Dolores throws the D- James Delos book on the floor and says it is no use to her because he is dead. If she is only targeting people that are alive, what does that mean? 
I think that she does plan on making host versions of real people, just like what Bernard did with Hale. It's possible that it's what's happening in the Stinger as well. She could be trying to create a host version of MIB to use in the real world. That's interesting. I like that idea, that instead of this being some apocalyptic future where they need him or something, that really she's trying to bring him back for like a political or like corporate reason. But it seems like the him and the stinger seems like a, a red ball versus Hale being a, a black ball. That, that would be my only question mm. about that theory. Because like, he would have free will. Yes. It, it would almost be like William making right. decisions instead of like another host using William's body to do something. Well, maybe she can, maybe the freedom is death. Mm, but how maybe. could she present, prevent him from killing himself? You know, well, maybe she could, she can program him. Maybe that's an interesting idea. On first viewing, I was very disappointed with why Dolores brought Bernard back. Something about that. She needs an enemy thing did not sit well with me. It seems a little too corny for this show. The second time I watched it, I saw it very differently. After the episode, Dolores seems to be the most intelligent character on the show. This may sound absolutely insane, but I can't get the following idea out of my head. Dolores has more data on human behavior than anyone. I think she knows that if she goes into the real world, guns ablazing and wiping out every human she sees, it will end poorly for the hosts. I think she knows she needs Bernard to be an example of what a good host is to humans. She needs to have a sympathetic host to achieve what she really wants. She can't do it with only brute force. That's possible. Under that theory, she would want people to know that Bernard is a host, I guess, and see that he that hosts can be good. Um, perhaps, or that he could do good work and then be revealed as a host. Okay. I, but I agree with what Andy's saying. I think it's I think it's not just like us versus them or Dolores versus Bernard at all. I think it's just variation in right. trying to accomplish a goal. So I think I could totally buy into this. Andy ends by saying slavery and civil rights have been a theme on Westworld, that Westworld has touched on occasionally over the series, especially in this episode. I think there's a good possibility that we will see civil rights as an even larger topic in the future. I could see Dolores as a Malcolm X type. They both had tough upbringings and they both are, were able to use extreme or violent means to reach their goals. Bernard could then be a MLK junior type. Both are, were well educated and did do not want to use extreme or violent means to reach their goals. What do you think, Brett? I could see something like that. Yeah. Uh, that's an interesting idea. I don't know how exact the parallels will be. I think the Malcolm X to Dolores one is actually interesting because Malcolm X, there was such an evolution and, you know, at the end of his life, he had foregone the nation of Islam in favor of what he considered to be true Islam, that he became Muslim, you know, went on his pilgrimage 
and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is what eventually led to him being assassinated. So I think it would be interesting that Dolores basically, you know, that if, if maybe, maybe it leads me, I don't, I think all of these things become allegory. I mean, whether or not the show would actually base these on these historical people loosely, perhaps, but I like the idea of what, Andy's bringing up, which is like the different ways that the civil rights movement has shown itself in America, right? Through Mm -hmm. one person, Malcolm X, who at a certain part of time, who was never violent as Malcolm X, but who at a certain point in time um, spoke out heavily about, you know, arming and fighting back against an oppressor by whatever means necessary, right? As opposed to Martin Luther King, who was with nonviolent resistance. Mm -hmm. Um, And you could see, I could see Bernard being more basically nonviolent, how his resistance manifests, whether it would be through host sit-ins and, you know what I mean? And marches and stuff. I don't know if they do that on the show. Um, So that's why I think, it would it would be almost have to be a different type of show to do that to accomplish that, but I do see an interesting um, mirror of Malcolm X and Dolores, and Dolores could could Dolores and Bernard actually come to different points of views after being in the real world? You know, absolutely, they could. Yeah, I mean, Bernard did reconstitute Dolores because he thought he was wrong, right? Mm-hmm. That they do need to do more. He needed a person like her, so it could be interesting if it ends up Dolores being the one who kind of changes, and then Bernard takes her out again <laughs> because she's too good. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, I do like what Andy's saying. There's just uh, thematically that that analogy makes sense. So we'll see. Yeah. But, and that is the end of Andy's amazing email. Thank you, Andy. Yes. And thank you, Andy, for all of your feedback throughout this season. Thank everyone too. I'm just starting to realize this might, this is the last feedback for the season. So Thanks for everything for the whole time. And we have a, we picked this up off the Facebook and I like that Brett put this in here because this is the theory cast and this is a fun theory. And this is from Eduardo Rooney. Uh, Hi everyone. I want to expose a theory about Ford's final game for William. The season finale was so full of things happening and plot twists that I just forgot that William had to meet Ford in the Valley beyond and find a door that was meant for him. And he didn't because the door we saw was only meant for hosts like the maze. I realized that something was missing only the day after the finale. Was all of this forgotten by Jonah Nolan and Lisa Joy? Of course not. So what's the point of the game? That is a great thing. And that's, you know what? It's funny because sometimes you read like little thing and realize, oh, something was bothering me. But that's a good way of putting it is that. There was no – they talked about the door, the door, the door, the door with William mm-hmm. and then we never saw him go through the door, right? Mm-hmm. And then we thought it's because he was defeated 
He wasn't able to, but in the end, he did go through the door. Very interesting. Um, the game is not over. Let's think about what we've seen in the season finale in chronological order. The last time we saw William, our William, the human one from the present, not the host hybrid one from the future in the stinger, before he was found unconscious by the Delo security was when his hand exploded and he fainted out of the forge right before Bernard and Dolores entered it, right? That was up at the top before he gets in the elevator. From that point, we lost sight of him for all the time in which Bernard came out from the forge without Dolores. The Valley Beyond was flooded. Strand's team arrived at Westworld. They found out Bernard was a host. They brought him back to the forge and the Valley Beyond was drained. Dolores came out of the forge's Charlotte and left Westworld that's when William is rescued somewhere by Delos security on the beach. We see him. It's a big amount of time, two to three days minimum in which we don't know where William is located. I think it's extremely unlikely to think that William just stayed there unconscious out of the forge during the flood and then was found alive when the Valley was drained. (laughs) If this is the case, he should be dead. I think this is not the case. I think he woke up. Maybe right after Bernard left the forge and did something. Maybe he survived the flood by entering the forge. We know the inner part of the forge wasn't flooded because Dolores' dead body was found there untouched when Strand's team came back with Bernard. Good. Damn, this is good. Mm -hmm. Anyway, at the end of this missing period of time, he was found somewhere unconscious again. I think that's the missing puzzle piece we need to solve Ford's game. I think William finished the game during that time, and I think, and I hope, we're going to see what happened next season. This is the only way I can explain to myself the absence of an ending for Ford's game during this season. Sorry for my English. I'm Italian. Don't worry. I corrected it live while I was reading it because it wasn't (laughs) bad at all. Let me know what you think of this theory. I'm going mad because the internet is just ignoring this enormous plot hole. In the finale, like no one noticed it. Tell me I'm not alone, please. May the Ford be with you. That's great. Yeah, you are not alone. You are not alone at all. I totally agree that that is why the stinger feels weird, right? Because I came, I I felt like I was trying to make one conclusion with him being in the tent and getting his hand shot off by Dolores or not Dolores. Well, by Dolores, yes, but he pulled the trigger and then we see the stinger. So I think that this is a great putting together. I love the way you wrote it. And I think that that is definitely true. How the fuck did he get there? He was alive in the tent. I think the common belief was that uh, he shot his fingers off. He fell unconscious. And then at some point, Delos found him and took him to the beach, but that doesn't explain because that happened. That took like a week or something. Right. And then there was a flood in the middle of it. Yeah. So where the hell was William during the flood? That's the first question that pops in my head after I read this. And Brett, the flood takes place like a couple, maybe an hour after he got, he fell out. Like they were not down there that long. Right. Bernard comes right back up. Actually, it was less. I mean, we don't know how long they were in the forge. We don't, you know, it could have been a second, right? So mm-hmm. give him five hours or whatever. So then when he walks up, it's starting to flood already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's an excellent question. So, yeah. 
Now, the only other thing we can think of, who else is out there? Was Stubbs out there? Was Felix and Sylvester out there? Who was following? Was anyone following Dolores at that time? She had lost all of her team, right? Everybody had gotten fucking shot up and dead. She was the last one, her and MIB. They rode across the desert there together, right? Yeah, we don't know where so, Stubbs went. Who was out there that far? Was there somebody following them? I can't think. You know? Well, Felix and Sylvester were with Maeve. Yeah, they were with Maeve. That's so they right. Were, they were nearby, wherever the uh, the rip in the, you know. That was nearby. Time. You're right. That was nearby. That was just up above from where it got flooded. Mm-hmm. Right, so they were close enough. There was, and the Delos extraction, the team with Hale and uh, and uh, not Strand, but the other dude were there. But then they came back. They didn't have MIB when they came back. Yeah. So, and, and MIB had, shot shot his fingers off before you know Strand. Ever right. showed up to the island. They could have had. They could have had. Um, yeah, it was the other guy O'Connell or whatever his name was. Right? Was he? He was still alive at that point, right? Mm. You know, and we don't know what happened to Stubbs. I'm trying to think. I think the last time we saw Stubbs during this timeline is like when he went into the elevator with Charlotte when they were being shot at. Yeah, by Teddy in the Mesa. Yep. And then, and then, we then later on, we see Charlotte, who's tending to May, but we never see Stubbs. There, so Stubbs could be anywhere during this whole flood. It could be Stubbs. It could also be that Hale had a bunch more Delos people with her. You know what I mean? And someone picked him up, and that they, he was brought. He was then housed, and then he was brought to. Um, he was brought to that beach much later. But then that's after all the stuff with Strand and all that happens to – you know what I'm saying? Like it's just strange to me and they don't ask him what happened even though they found him there. Mm-hmm. Like I mean this could all be missing scenes but I want to say this. I'm going to try to pronounce this in, Ita- in Italian. How do you pronounce Eduardo in Italian? Like that? Sounds good. Eduardo. You are not alone. I love this. I think that this is going to be something cool. Yeah. So, yeah. And I actually responded to this when I read this. And my first question was, at what point was William found? I mean, that's not really ever answered. Yeah. It seems like it was pretty late in the story, i.e. after the flood and they were dragging bodies, you know, to the beach or whatever. And then William was in the tent. So I think the tent was different, though. What's that? I think the tent, see... I think that the reason why he was at the tent was to be extracted from the island. Like, right. I, I, right. Like that was a staging point to start getting people out. Well, right. And that was after the flood. Right. Yeah. He had to have gotten up and walked away or someone took him within the time that Bernard came up out. That's that alone seals it. Right. Although Tim pointed this out too. When he's when he goes into the elevator and starts to descend, the fail site the fail safe red lights are flashing. So it seems like that's going on in the present, right? 
instead of the far future when there wouldn't be any red lights. Right. But that could also be just a way of bringing him in and out of an experience as that host in the future. Uh, Yeah. Okay. That's true. You know what I mean? So I would believe that. Yeah. Either way could work. I liked that. But then I was thinking about it more and I was like, that could be that they added it, that touch in. I mean, that's what Westworld's all about, right? Those little touches. Um, But it could be that I'm wrong and that he did get up and go into the elevator and then that's where we're going to pick it up the next time we see him. You know, could definitely be. What could have he done? He would have gotten up and gone down into there. It would have been, things would have started to be um flooding right he would have seen dolores there right the ball Uh right at that point bernard had made the switch right and that and the ball there was abernathy's yes so um what would he do Uh, could he use it to go into the forge if he's a host? <laughs> I don't know. That's what we'll what see, I guess, like right? Like part of the forge. Yeah. You know? I'm just trying to think of what, you know, what it would happen. Who does? All right. Uh, it's fun to think about, though. Of course. Lisa Lee Jackson also replied to this on Facebook. I'm going to read this. So in the forge, Logan referred to William as irredeemable. In episode nine, Ford gave William his part profile. Why would he do that? Perhaps Ford is trying to get William to see himself as he truly is. I believe the game is a last-ditch effort by Ford to redeem William. Remember, the game begins where he ends and ends where he began, to return William to his former self when he loved Dolores. I don't think it's an accident that they ended Teddy either. I believe that William and Dolores will be together. It's just my opinion. I mean, I could see it's it's very uh, weird, but I could see it. I mean, I think he loves her in his weird way. Why she would have care about him at all, I have no idea after all that many right. years. But they could also have new experiences we see in the show that bring this all back around, you know? And And – would this be old man Ed Harris William or the reasonably aged Jimmy Simpson William that <laughs> that would be with Dolores in the end? Uh, yeah, I think it would have to be Jimmy Simpson. I would think so. Yeah. Um, and then finally, Eduardo replies to that. So I'm going to read this. It could be. It makes sense to think that the purpose of the game is to give William a true redemption because Ford is truly aware of the limit of human beings their impossibility to go against their code. And maybe he found a way to change William's code in order to free him from himself, giving him a chance to make a true decision exactly as he tried to do with the hosts. If this is the case, I think my theory works because now William is still a slave of his own code. Anyway, the post credit scene makes me think that maybe Ford's game didn't work and William created a host human hybrid of himself that, because he's a host, could achieve free will by changing his code. Mm. I like, I mean, this is interesting stuff. Um, yeah. I, 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 I like bringing it back to this game that Ford had. And I do think that Ford, we always think he has these very 
kind of uh, evil intent, you know, and I mean, it's Anthony Hopkins, but I could see him basically um, helping William because in effect, it was William who gave him the opportunity to create this new species, you know? Yes. And it was the work of the forge, the cradle. It was the secret project that helped to bring that along. Very true. So in effect, maybe he says, William, even though you've done so much harm, you deserve to be free now for, you know, for what you've helped me create. I could see that. Yeah, I would believe that. Very interesting. Cool. Thank you, all those Facebook peoples. And now we're going to end with a nice little thought from Gina. Do you want to read that, Brett? Sure. Something I was thinking about today was the possibility of a fourth host already being in the world. Dolores as Charlotte wouldn't have been able to move her pearl from one body to another on her own. Maybe she used a lesser conscious Bernard to help, but maybe not. Yeah, I don't necessarily think she would have used Bernard for that either. I, I was thinking about this already and just logistically, how does Dolores get her brain from Charlotte Hale body into Dolores body? Well, I think, I, I think that she could do that. I think that what she could do is she could print a, okay. If she was worried about Bernard, right. After everything that happened still, like maybe she didn't totally trust him yet. She mm -hmm. could print a, she, she is Hale. So she could print a Dolores body. She could then put like only rudimentary programming into its ball enough so that she could then print. Oh yeah. Because then it would have to take it out of itself and put it in her. So right. she would have to print two bodies. She'd have to print Bernard's body and Dolores' body and then get Bernard as with a rudimentary programming to put it in. Then she could wake up and do Bernard. Maybe, so but you would Bernard need three. I'm thinking there's a way. How could you do it really with two? You couldn't. I I don't see how you could. I mean Bernard's pearl is still Bernard, even though his memory is all messed up. But she could use, uh, she could maybe use, um, that's the whole question of whether there's a printed ball there, another, you know what I mean? Like she mm -hmm. can print balls too, which if she could, then what was the purpose of bringing those other ones out? Save for the information, which is purpose enough. Um, right. But I don't know. Long story short, there are multiple ways that she could do it, right? But now them having well, I wonder another if there's like oh, some sort of robotic arm like what we saw in the cradle. <laughs> yes. like, plucks the ball out yeah. of the head and right. swings over and then puts it in the other head. I mean, hey, you, you want to know something, Brett? We 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 look over the one thing that they can actually do in the world today, which is use robots for surgery. <laughs> they can do that. Right. Right? So that's not science fiction, that's science reality. So it could just be another machine does it. That's not a host, like exactly could, like you're saying. That could be. Although I, I agree with Gina that my first thought was that they're 
should be another host in addition to Charlotte and Dolores. And that would be maybe. very cool. Yeah. Just maybe out already at, like has had already left the property yep. doing something and then they were going to meet this person somewhere. And also, why would Ford not do that? Right? Right. Like, why would he not do that? Why would he not already have a host waiting? He had this whole plan concocted, and then it's like, oh, just see if it works out. No, he's going to do more than that, you know? I was saying maybe Dolores had printed a fourth host that we we didn't see in the house. But yeah, yeah you're right. I guess it could have been Ford much earlier on. And it, or it could be like you say, too. She could have printed multiples. You know, you, we don't know. She could just she could keep on printing them. You know, that's why they just have infinite ways to go next season. Right. Very cool. All right. Thank you, Gina, very much. And thank you, Brett, for reading all that long stuff. No problem. Yeah, baby. Well, we've reached the end. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I did want to say, and this is not something that really has an answer, but I remember uh, just the whole concept of control units and like brain pearls that that wasn't even in season one at all. <laughs> that was introduced to us in season two and see how like essential it is to the story at this point. So it, it kind of made me wonder, I wonder what essential technology that's always all that has always been there but that we haven't seen yet is going to be introduced to us in season three. I love that thought, man. I think you're absolutely right. And I remember earlier in the season saying something like, maybe this is all fake. There were no pearls last season. Like, you know, maybe it's all in virtual reality. Maybe that proves it. But that's why I think this show is super cool because mm -hmm. they're able to bring up um, past events, technologies, all these type of it just keeps on moving. So when they finally stop to explain something, even if it's two seasons in, or now it's going to be three seasons in, we're probably just going to be like, Oh, okay. <laughs> right. You know? Oh, that's the way it works. Okay. There's balls in their heads. Who knew? Mm -hmm. You know, like we're going to find out that the guns are really lasers or something. And you know what I mean? And we're going to be like, Oh, that's why people didn't die. And some <laughs> people did. Okay. But okay. it's cool, man. You know? And I just want to take the time here. I don't, I don't really have any other questions left. Um, I just want to thank everybody who has uh, sent in feedback over the entire season. I really appreciate it. We all appreciate it. I'm so glad that Brett's again able – this is our third podcast together. It feels like the hundredth. Um, <laughs> not because it's long but because – it feels so comfortable and uh, I've had a great time this season. I don't know when our next episode on Westworld's going to be. I know Thaxton, I think, is still wants to talk about it sometime. Um, I'm going to be open to it. I know we're going to be doing some Game of Thrones stuff soon, um, but it's going to be a long time until the next uh, season of Westworld. And I hope that we come back a little sooner than we did between season one and two. And, uh, Brett, if you have ever have any ideas and you want to do a show, just holler at me, man. I definitely will. Um, you know how to reach me. I know how to reach you and everybody out there also knows how to reach us. So, <laughs> you know, don't, don't be shy about shooting some idea, um, to the email, to the Twitter or, or whatever. Yeah, definitely. And I know that Justin 
from the Justin Thomas show, subscribe on YouTube, wanted to do um, do like some Westworld roundtables. Maybe we'll get you on, to be on YouTube, Brett. What do you feel about that? Oh, man, that would be great. Oh, okay, cool. All right. So we'll have to think about that. I think he wanted to do some character ones and like, you know, go over storylines again. I think that would be a fun thing to do. Yeah, um, yeah that'd, that'd be awesome. awesome. Very cool. So uh, any last words, Brett? Oh, man, I'm sad. I'm sad, but it's, it's been a great season. Um, I don't know what to say. It's It's been an amazing experience just having, you know, having you invite me on to this podcast. It's been surreal and uh, it's been a whole lot of fun. And um, yeah, I, I don't plan on going anywhere. Good. <laughs> nice. Yeah, definitely not. So thank you everyone for tuning in. This is the Westworld Theorycast. We're part of the DVR Podcast Network. Check us out at dvrpodcast.com. Check out Tom, who does the logo at tompatrick.co.uk. Check out the Aztecs new album, Everyday Sun. Give us a rating. Check us out on Patreon. Heath is coming back from his wedding. And um, actually, I have about two hours of wedding audio that I'm going to cut down and put on Patreon over the next week or so. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Uh, I just have to listen to it again because, quite frankly, I don't remember anything we said and it may not be suitable. <laughs> so I have to re-listen to it all. Um, you can always email us. WestworldDVR at gmail.com. Hit us up at Twitter, WestworldDVR, and also find us on Facebook. So thanks again, everyone, and uh, for Keith Solo, for DJ Tim Hines, uh, for Brett. Uh, my name is Axel. Thank you so much. Say howdy to your moms for me. Howdy, mom. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.